Welcome to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Some of the most successful stories in business started from failure, sometimes even multiple failures. The guests on our program have faced failure, learned to understand it, and have used it to their advantage. You can too. Get ready for success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Welcome back, everyone. I am Dr. Cheryl Lentz, your host for today, and welcome to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Today, we offer some very special guests that we'll be talking to in a few moments regarding their unique qualifications regarding social responsibility, regarding sustainability, business, etc. As we've been talking for many weeks since our program began, our focus is on success through failure. How can we get to the good stuff faster? How can we get there sooner? How can we find the most effective ways around that mulberry bush? So when we dance with failure, we are the ones that lead. So I want you to join us after break, and we're going to welcome two of my guests, Dr. Ed Knapp and Dr. Elmer Hall. And we're going to be able to look at many of the intricacies regarding the... Oh, legacies of business, the success stories from business, the effective strategies that we can have you learn to make sure that you can be successful the first time or at least very soon thereafter. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Dr. Shara Lentz, Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. We're going to go to break real quickly and then we will have our guests coming back, Dr. Ed Nab and Dr. Elmer Hall. So stay back with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And we're back. Today we are talking about two interesting gentlemen who have some phenomenal business experience, but I'm going to let them introduce and share a little bit about themselves. So first up, we have Dr. Elmer Hall. Welcome, Elmer. Yeah, hello. And glad to be on the show. We're thrilled to have you. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so we're thrilled to have you. Wanted to get our listeners just to learn a little bit about you, particularly your company, the Strategic Business Planning Company. Yeah, my company, Strategic Business Planning Company, is actually an offshoot of a, of a prior company, uh, a couple companies that I had prior previously and uh, just went off to specialize in in um, really doing business plans, strategic planning. And uh, the fun of that is that you organize the information about a business and think about it, especially what it might look like in the future, and uh, the facts tend to, to make the decisions for you. Um, my degree is a, um, a doctorate of international business from Nova University, and I also do some uh, doctoral dissertation work at the uh, University of Phoenix. A couple publications that I have that are more business-related are um, the Perpetual Innovation line of books related to patent commercialization and, and the patent primer. Um, uh, patent primer we'll talk a little bit more about in the, in the next section. And uh, then I've done several publications with Dr. Cheryl Lentz in the, uh, in the Refractive Thinker, which will be one of the things we'll talk about first is one of the episodes that Ed Nabb and I uh, co-authored together. So Perfect segue into Dr. Ed Nabb. So, Ed, let our listeners learn just a little bit about you and your exploits in the last few years. Well, thank you, Cheryl, and thank you, Elmer. I am glad to be on your show. I have 30 years of business strategy experience. I really have two careers. I first completed a business career uh, before I joined academia. 
I worked for a number of multinational corporations, including Rockwell International, Black & Decker, FKI Industries, and others. I've owned and operated a foreign trade zone. Um, I was a consultant to NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric uh, People, as well as IKEA, the Marine Corps, Yamaha Motors, and the U.S. Air Force. I've launched five technology enterprises, uh, one based on machine learning, uh, one on efficient design, one in individual and organizational productivity, and a global procurement and advanced analytics organization. I have extensive academic experience. I worked with Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University over the last decade, as well as California State University, and I had the opportunity to teach in at Beijing University. And that's well, really I think my our listeners can get a sense that you two have some things they might be able to learn from. So let's start off with the idea of this social irresponsibility, because you guys have the ability on responsible leadership, sustainable leaders. So let's get into that a little bit so our listeners can benefit from your words of wisdom. Elmer, we'll start well, with we you. We looked at, um, well, this is a fun, uh, this is a fun edition of the uh, Refractive Thinker. It was volume seven on social responsibility. And Ed and I uh, thought that it would be easier to talk about social irresponsibility. Um, those trends, those factors, those, um, those mechanisms that are non-sustainable and uh, in all the ways and all the spellings of non-sustainability and what those would represent for both a leadership opportunity and for an opportunity, of course, um, things that are not sustainable um, provide destructive uh, innovation. And uh, because of that, then there will be opportunities for those people that come out the other side of whatever it may be, a, a recession or whatever. This book was pretty funny because I think it was uh, reasonably close to the Great Recession. So um, we, got to, uh, we got to see it, live it, and breathe it as it relates to uh, the banking, uh, non-sustainable banking practices. Well, we look a lot about this show of the learning success through failure. So it really is a good lesson to see what didn't work during the Great Recession and who survived when the music stopped and playing musical chairs. El, um, Ed, tell us your perspective on this because I know you were the co-author of this. Well, we certainly uh, enjoyed writing uh, uh, this this particular paper, and uh, and there was no shortage of uh, uh, opportunities to look at different unsustainable and uh, irresponsible uh, uh, things that were going on. So we really enjoyed the process of putting it together, and we, I think we learned a lot about sustainability. You know, Elmer and I started from two very different backgrounds, and our paths kind of led us in the very same direction. And we ended up at, uh, at uh, sustainability really being at the center of uh, what efficiency and, and, and uh, productivity is all about. So that was really my take from the article, Cheryl. 
That's terrific. And then let's dig into some actual advice. What are the strategies based on what we learned from what not to do? What are the things that our business owners who are listening can look at? You know, that probably wasn't such a good idea and we shouldn't repeat it going forward. Well, I think we'll each take a, a couple of the items that we, we listed. We came up with 10 things that are n- not sustainable. And that would be not sustainable as in they, um, they are cumulative, not sustainable, or they are compounding, not, su- not sustainable, as in exponential. And those things work exactly the same way around if you let those, uh, let those momentums of compounding, the magic of compounding work for you. That's how you get to be uh, able to retire a millionaire no matter what your income is. Uh, you get to retire a millionaire if you save a little bit of money every year for 30 years as opposed to starting, say, 10 years before retirement. But two that we came up with that are not sustainable uh, to my first two, um, um, well, we looked at things that are government, individual, and, and business. Um, so one that is, uh, is kind of interesting on the individual side is that about some 90 or 95% of our ailments and deaths are associated with lifestyle. So that would be like smoking, drinking too much, no exercise. Uh, U.S. Is, is notorious for being one of the least exercised countries in the world. Uh, those types of things are contribute to ailments and lifestyle. Uh, you know, we, we contribute to health and ailments. The one that um, is is a um, harder one to deal with, but a big one, is federal deficit. Because every year you have a trillion dollar deficit, you still have to pay that the next year. And we just had a major boost. We're up to a twenty one and a, and a half uh, uh, trillion dollar federal deficit. This would be at the time where you would like to be trying to reduce that. Um, and there's a guy named David Walker who will, uh, who will argue with anybody, who will convince anybody if he has 10 minutes with them, whether you're Democrat, Republican, or Independent, that we need to solve that problem soon. One of the problems, of course, is that it takes a, a large amount of money to service that debt. And when the interest rates finally go up, uh, then uh, it could be, you know, if 10% of the the, the current federal government monies go to servicing the debt, what happens when interest rates go from whatever they are, one or 2% to say 10? So um, those are two, two that we had come up with that are really huge and uh, just generally need to be dealt with uh, sooner or later. Later is not a good time to deal with it. And we've talked about pay me now or pay me later. The question is, is payment has to be made. It's not a question of if, but when. So nice job. And Ed, you're comments that you have on your list? Well, I think uh, Elmer said it very well. The government debt is uh, certainly uh, certainly uh, something that is not sustainable. Other examples of non-sustainability are in the energy sectors. We are still burning massive amounts of fossil fuels, and those are contributing to an ecological uh, problem that uh, that is you know hampering our atmosphere and uh, and accelerating uh, these storms that we keep having and uh, and that trend is a very very real trend so the energy irresponsibility as we as we burn more fossil fuels um, is a significant problem and it leads right into an ecological uh, irresponsibility and that is now how do we clean our atmosphere from 
the uh, carbon dioxide that's produced by, you know, all of these uh, vehicles. So we are seeing a push towards electric vehicles. I think that that makes a lot of sense, and I think that uh, that will lead us in the, in the right direction. But uh, we really have to stop burning fossil fuels and use the renewable sources of energy, and uh, those are two um, sustainable approaches that uh, could impact the energy and the ecology sectors. Ed, do you have a thought on which companies are getting it right or which countries are getting it right in terms of looking at who is actually getting the sustainability formula on the money? Anybody? Well, I think, I think if you look anywhere in the U.S., you have to look to California uh, to see sustainability working in action. And uh, California has taken, a, you know, a very, very uh, hard line on um, on the production of fossil fuel, on the use of fossil fuels, and uh, and uh, there's been a you know at least a decade long uh, uh, plan to reduce those and to be a leader in that industry. Uh, right now, um, you know, we produce uh, more solar energy than anyone I believe in the world, and uh, and uh, that is contributing to uh, you know the efficiency in California. And I would say that uh, for companies getting it right, uh, you know, we have to look to uh, those kind of companies that are in renewable energy, whether it's uh, Tesla and, uh, and uh, their electric cars, or whether it's uh, the solar panels and the generating of uh, electricity at a very, very low rates of cost. Ed, do you think we have measurable differences that we can actually see as a result of these efforts in the you know, things that are turning back the clock or reversing so, any of the damage that's already been done, or are we still an uphill battle? Well, I think that we're still in the uphill portion of the battle. I think it's, you know, it, uh, it equates to turning an aircraft carrier in the ocean. It uh, takes a long time before you, after you've turned the rudder, that you really see the ship begin to turn. And I think that we could be in that phase. Uh, I think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, but I think that as the whole world works on this problem um, with uh, uh, fossil fuels, uh, I think that we can make some impact and we can turn that ship around. Uh, but I think it will take a, a global effort, not just an individual effort, and and that's something that we really lack is a you know a global uh, strategy to deal with these kind of social irresponsibilities because we're in a we're in a global world. Uh, certainly, we have to manage within our own borders, but um, the bigger case is. You know how do we how do we work with the rest of the world to ensure that everyone is going the same direction? And I think that's important. My students and I always debate the issue of how do we deal with a global entity like the United Nations, for example, and the countries who have agreed to be within the United Nations agreed to participate and follow the UN directives. The challenge is, is not everyone is playing ball. Not everyone is a member of the UN. And so not everyone is making that contribution to the global effort. One planet, one voice. So it's a very interesting challenge when you have 
certain countries who are willing to be able to join the group and others who are still quite not, not quite there yet. Elmer, where do you think is the countries that are doing wonderful things, companies that are doing wonderful things, and those maybe not so much? Well, um, there's several big initiatives and uh, a whole lot of companies. Uh, so there's reporting, carbon disclosure project and others. There's companies that are uh, already 100% um, um, sustainable. In other words, uh, they, they basically have a zero carbon footprint from all they do. Microsoft has done that a couple of years early. Uh, uh, one of the first ones at year 2000 was uh, um, a nutritional company, Shackley. But there's several companies. You have IKEA that uh, Ed has done a lot of work with. The basically, um, there's a whole lot of companies that have already done that and a whole lot of countries that have made a massive initiative, including Costa Rica and all the EU. In terms of um, the, the global agreement, the U.S. is the only country out on the Paris Agreement, which, uh, of course, I think, I think uh, Trump just didn't like everything that Obama did. So anything that had Obama's name associated with it, he tried to, tried to kill off. But uh, we're now the only country out of that. And, um, you know, um, China, which is the most polluting country in the world now, surpassing us, which is hard to do, they um, had, um, just probably 10 years ago, they were putting in two new coal-powered plants a week. Uh, right now, they may not ever finish the last one. Uh, in the meanwhile, they put in more solar in the last year, uh, maybe it's the last two years, than the United States has solar uh, combined with the possible exception of California. So uh, they, they talk about somebody turning around the ship quickly. Uh, but then their people can't breathe, so they have a little bit more of an incentive with uh, cleaning up their polluting air. Um, two things that I was thinking of is that somehow we've gotten our mindset to where, as consumers, for example, we think that um, we think that it's normal and natural for stuff to be dug up from a mine or from an oil well or wherever, it made into plastics and fuel or whatever, that we consume it in its entirety and what's left goes to a landfill. So somehow we have gotten that concept, we have it in farming even, where you take all of the nutritional value from the dirt, goes into a product, goes to market, and that nutritional value never comes back. So then we have to go mine fertilizer. So we have all these uh, phosphates, which we're running out of. So you have all of these non-sustainable ideas, these linear systems that somehow we've all become to think are normal. Another thing that uh, Ed and I have talked a lot about is that the types of things that would save us money, somehow we don't think of as being as valuable. Things that increase gross domestic product are more important than those things that would save us a lot of money. So a couple of things that Ed and I really like are energy efficiency, where you can go to a, pretty much any building in the United States and save 20 to 40% on the utilization of resources just by the change in your pocket. You know, windows, thermostats, a little bit of usage. Those things could save us uh, trillions of dollars uh, that would be savings, a perpetuity of savings forever if we did that and maintained it. And a similar thing that's a pet uh, project of mine is um, the energy efficiency associated with, uh, with telecommuting and telework, where is huge, massive savings, uh, but the employers tend to just see the... the uh, they, they want the employee to come to work and, and see their happy face no matter how many hours they spent in traffic. So, Isn't that uh, an amazing opportunity like that. when you look at how much 
hypocrisy or how much irony is in what people want, but yet what they're not willing to do to get it. I mean, we've had telecommuting for decades, and yet certain companies are still not willing to embrace it. I remember working for uh, a general manager once who she had to assume that if we weren't at work, we weren't working. And so there is a leadership aspect to the sustainability of things we need to do because of perhaps we've just gotten too used to some of these. This is the way we've always done it. What do you think, Elmer? I think it's evolved over time where we've gotten to where we think things are, are normal. And um, so we just have adjusted to it that we are consuming a non-renewable resource like fossil fuels um, you know, at the rate of maybe it took uh, a couple hundred thousand years for every year we burn fossil fuels. Um, it somehow just, you know, we don't see that um, consumption of resources as a problem until it becomes a much bigger problem. Same thing of consuming the, uh, the forests and such uh, that we use them up. And then we say, oh, you know, it would be nice not to have used them all up, but it's a little late at that point. So the, the the forward looking is the type of leader that we were talking about in this article. Um, we were looking at uh, um, at leaders that would be able to look much further forward, which is hard to do in the United States because if you're a publicly traded CEO and you don't perform this year, then uh, this quarter, then you're out. So you're not around to to, to fight the next the next day. And of course, in government, if you're not uh, if you didn't win this election, then you're you're out. So it's all about the next one. Um, so it's, it, we, were, we were looking at the win-win uh, associated with sustainability efforts where you can, in many cases, save money, save the environment, and um, basically have a, just an all-around win, employees, employees employers, and um, the environment. So Let's switch gears a, a little bit point, and look Elmer. at this. Uh, yeah, that's, I want to look at the idea of solutions here, Ed. You are the consultant with some of the things you've done. Where do we go from here? Well, I was just going to add uh, to what Elmer had said. You know, we're seeing companies out here in California, companies like Walmart, Amazon, uh, when they're building their newer distribution centers, they're actually integrating um, both the lead characteristics in their building that they need to be sustainable, and also uh, they're adding solar panels to the roof so that they can actually power their building without going outside for uh, other other types of power. And I do believe that we're going to see those trends continue well, where people are using more renewable energy and that the science around storing that energy with batteries or, or fuel cells or uh, other strategies actually becomes much larger and much more robust, uh, allowing us to use and store sustainable energy, you know, maybe for the, uh, for the first time in massive quantities. And that's what we're going to need, I believe, in order to uh, really replace fossil fuels from renewable sources. What do you think, you Elmer? Yeah, I think um, you know the the, the one that we, the one that we really like is that we could do right now this morning and everyone save money is um, is simply to um, is simply to do the things that reduce our usage instantly and immediately and also offer per- perpetuity of savings. So. Um, 
my partner, Bob Hinkleman, and I have spent a lot of time with um, teleworking, telecommuting, because the savings are massive there. Uh, they're not, you know, a lot of the savings are just the time of the employee, employee, but surprisingly, they value that too. So the savings from a single full-time teleworker would, would be approximately uh, thirty dollars to $40,000 in savings. Well, the fuel is only like $1,000 that they're saving. So if that's what you're looking at, then you're missing the whole point. But the company saves a huge amount of money because their people aren't sick. They're not stressed. They're not out playing in traffic. They're not in accidents because they're in traffic. Uh, you have happier, more productive workforce, as all the evidence shows. Um, if we could get 10% of the population that telecommute alone in the United States, that's a, approximately savings of about a, a third of a trillion dollars each year. Uh, or three years, or 30% of those people, that would be a trillion dollars each year savings. And oh, by the way, you don't have to expand the expressways. We're in, down in, here in Florida on I-4. We're going to eight lanes both ways, and as soon as we get accidents, then you have 16 lanes stopped. So, Isn't it interesting um, when we look at the idea of capacity is not going outward, capacity is looking inward. When we look at companies like Uber, for example, Airbnbs, they're not building anything new. They're using the existing capacity we already have, which is to your point of things we've always had, but yet we've not been able to see them with these types of eyes. What is it going to take to have that shift to be able to see that capacity we already have, extra bedrooms in people's homes that they can stay instead of building new hotels, extra cars that are sitting in the driveway or in the corporate parking lot that aren't being used during the workday, to be able to look at these things instead of building new, tasking what we already have for capacity? Excellent point, Cheryl. And, uh, you know, we really, we really live that experience here in California. I read sometime last week uh, that the average commute in Southern California is now 42 minutes in each direction. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many miles that is, but uh, it's probably not many. So this whole idea of telecommuting and uh, the amount of money that it, that it costs people is, uh, is uh, really uh, uh, significant and uh, could make a big difference overnight. I agree with Elmer. So we do see that uh, having a big impact and uh, affecting companies around Southern California. Well, I like the fact that when I get out of bed in the morning, I walk down the hallway to my office and I'm here, particularly in Chicago when you're dealing with all of the cold weather. We hit 28 last night and we have frost now and it's only October. But I like the fact that winter isn't as bad as I remember it when you're not stuck in traffic, when you don't have to shovel your car out of a ditch, when you don't have to go when there's horrible whiteouts. Because my job, as long as I have internet access, I'm good. That is wonderful. Well, I think it's amazing. Yeah. What I want to be able to do is look at the next trends that we're going to be seeing in there going forward because we really have to look more at solutions and to try and stem the tide and sustainable to get their attention. So, Elmer, what's the secret? I mean, it's not these are not new concepts. We've known about these for decades. The question becomes, why is the change so slow to be able to get the attentions of CEOs and Fortune 500 countries to embrace some of these telecommuting um, options and the ability of instantaneous savings that would make a big difference. Where's the holdup? Where's the disconnect? Well, um, that's a good question, but I I like the idea of uh, business models that uh, step out and make it work 
Um, so, for example, uh, a company that's doing uh, the the remote work centers is a company called WeWork. Uh, of course, you mentioned Uber, who's that's using the efficiency of people already have a car. They could use it as a as essentially a taxi. So um, the business models are new ways of looking at the same thing. Um, one of the things that that I like is um, we we had talked about three things that um, three three things that I would mention in this in this episode and, and three specific trends that Ed wanted to talk about. But the things that I like um, are related to um, um, my patent primer, which is in, in one of the perpetual innovation lines. And I, I look at there's three great equalizers in our lifetime. That means anybody anywhere can benefit from them. Um, first one, of course, is education. And uh, I sometimes say education, education, and education. But education intellectual property protection, and then the Internet, the ability to have any, all, all types of inter- information from any place, anywhere, any time. Uh, so I think those are the big, great equalizers of our lifetime, and that puts anybody in any country uh, on the same footing as anybody else. So that allows innovation to happen at a much faster pace in a much different ways than most of us would have imagined a few years ago. I'll tell you, it's amazing think, with looking at the digital footprint just of education, things that, you know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago when I was earning my master's, it was a videotape and an email address. And now I can connect live Air Force bases, military bases around the country from my home, and I'm teaching them live and in person via um, Adobe Connect or, or Skype or something like that. That is an amazing opportunity to connect resources in a short period of time in there. Ed, weigh in here for us. Okay. Well, the first thing I'll say is that is tremendously more efficient than other models. And uh, the fact that you can teach in multiple locations, uh, you can even record the content uh, for presentation later, uh, it's amazingly efficient. I focus my attention on technology, and uh, I've been looking at, at uh, several technologies that I think are going to significantly change the world that we live in. The first one that I think is a big influencer and a disruptor is artificial intelligence. Uh, We're now developing machine intelligence um, that is uh, in contrast to natural intelligence, but it's emulating the way that people think and talk and what they do. And artificial intelligence is going to uh, open up an entire new world for us. Uh, We're going to find uh, lots and lots of opportunities to automate uh, redundant and, uh, and uh, tasks that uh, are often repeated. There are very different views on, uh, on artificial intelligence. If you asked someone like Elon Musk or Bill Gates how they view uh, artificial intelligence, they would have vastly different perspectives on its you know, benefit to future generations. But I think that it's going to have an impact. It's uh, on us right now, and uh, it's going to be a significant influencer. The second uh, major influencer and disruptor that I see is advanced analytics. It's really uh, big data. It's being able to take all of the data that we have and really be able to cull out what's important and to use that to become more effective and more efficient. And then the last influencer 
is the Internet of Things, which we're seeing all over. Um, you can connect to the Internet uh, in a coffee shop, in an airport, uh, almost anywhere. I uh, Actually, uh, even the Parks Department uh, is supporting Internet in the, in the uh, national parks today. So I think those uh, technologies are really going to have a significant in- influence on us in the, in the very immediate future. And uh, that's going to make us all more efficient and more effective. Well, I can tell you, I like some of the things as long as technology works. I mean, when my dishwasher is washing dishes and my washer and dryer are doing their thing and I have three devices that are open, my cell phone and my computers and everybody's humming along and the automation part is doing their things that I can be more efficient simultaneously. But the key word is so long as it works. The minute the Internet goes down, the minute something breaks, boy, let me tell you, not real happy. The angels are nowhere near singing. They're weeping. And so... I've come to think that because of this digital age we're moving into, we're going to have to be more tech support savvy. And for those of us who are in a bit of an older generation, I think the 12-year-olds come out of the womb with their smartphones in hand and can do amazing things with them that I'm only now starting to learn about. So this is something we're going to have to look at the knowledge of power that many of us are going to have to do in shifting to that digital age and digital computer in order to help embrace some of this artificial intelligence. It's great if it works, but it stresses me out when it doesn't. I think you make a good point, Cheryl, because uh, everything is connected in a linear fashion today. And uh, if one thing goes out, then, you know, a series of other things happen that uh, goes out as well. I think in the future what you're going to see is a much more integrated and simple um, uh, methodology of getting technology, and that's going to come with the implementation of 5G, uh, which is uh, already being deployed in some of our cities around the country. So as that happens, you'll continue to get a cell signal but that may be the only signal that you need to get high-speed Internet or to get uh, uh, access points anywhere, uh, anywhere you are. So I think 5G may be, uh, may be part of the solution to uh, that, that issue. Well, on that note, we are going to take a break. Uh, You are currently listening to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. I have my guests, Dr. Ed Nabb and Dr. Elmer Hall. We'll be right back to continue the conversation in just three minutes. Stand by. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, 
current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or our guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And we're back. Today, our guests that are joining us are Dr. Edward Nabb and Dr. Elmer Hall. And our focus today, remember, we each show we have a question. And our question this week is, how do you look at things the same way differently? Isn't that unique? We've been talking about looking at all of the things we currently have, but looking at them in unique ways that we're not going to be building out, we're going to be building in. Hence, we were talking about things like Uber, that you're already having cars that exist. You're looking at Airbnb that already have capacity of hotels and listing uh, that already exist. You're having companies that are moving to transitional types of, I only need to have an office for an hour or two. I don't need to rent the whole thing. And so you're looking at ways of maximizing different trends and scenarios that are going to be shaping the landscape as we move forward in the future. So take us into that a little bit more, Elmer. What do you think these trends are going to look like as we move forward into the new digital age? Well, I think part of it is saying, hey, this is what I think will be the trends. But even better than that would probably be to uh, discuss a process of the way how to get there. Um, All three of us, Ed, Cheryl, and I published in an an edition of the Refractive Thinker that dealt with the Delphi method, which is getting experts or really well-informed people together and and trying to figure out what the future might look like in, in, in the case of scenarios if you chose to use it that way. So scenario planning basically looks at deflection points in the future. So if your business relies on a particular technology, you look and say, at what point in the future would my business be obsolete because somebody comes up with a better mousetrap? And um, so, of course, things you could do is find that point and say, okay, well, let's try and and invent to it and patent it and be the ones that invent that better mousetrap. Um, but so as you look at, at the major deflection points, the major trends, um, there's some things that will happen sustainability wise. And, and we kind of like looking at things that um, are not sustainable because, you know, those will change. There's no question that they will change. The question is how ungracefully that may happen. And so you can basically start to build your um, flexibility into your business or your business model or in, into your home or your, you know, whatever, you can basically start to plan ahead 
with the idea that you're going to be one step up on the other people that haven't thought that far ahead. Outstanding. Ed, your perspective? Uh, my perspective is uh, much the same as Elmer's. I think uh, those are those are really important trends that are going to affect everyone. When I look forward and I see the things that are going to affect us in the future, I think we're going to see more automation. We're going to see the merging of robots and process automation so that a lot of manual tasks that we might do today are going to be able to be automated whether uh, it has to do with transportation or it has to do with, uh, with manufacturing and production. I think uh, another trend that's important is that today we actually have vision technologies. It's what uh, cars use to be able to see the road in front of them. And vision technology is going to open up a whole new level of efficiency that we can do with, uh, with our machines in order to accomplish work at a lower cost and at a, at a lower price. The third thing that I think is important is uh, blockchain technology. And blockchain technology is a strategy of uh, actually ensuring that everything is sustainable from its source. So actually it would carry a data record from the source all the way through a product's life expectancy. So we know exactly what's in it. The applications of blockchain right now are in medicine, uh, where they're tracking back all the materials. Uh, it's coming to food very strong, and we're going to see it even in, uh, maybe it'll even touch news, so that uh, we'll know if there's fake news or not. But those are the things that I see primarily. Um, and, and finally, um, we really believe that the future belongs to those that make it happen. They embrace change. They experiment. They listen and apply new ideas, and they fail faster, and they succeed sooner, and they uh, never stop learning. Uh, music to my ears. Yes, I want to thank our guests for today, Dr. Elmer Hall and Dr. Ed Nab, for joining us. Their perspectives are refreshing of not just looking at what works but what doesn't, and most importantly, what we're going to do about it. So I appreciate both of you joining me today and uh, giving your pieces of advice to our listeners so they can learn from some of the things you've, you have offered to us today. There are wonderful books in there. And so before you leave us, I want to make sure that each one of us gives, you, gives our listeners a way to continue the conversation. So, Elmer, if you can give my listeners a website, an email, a phone number, where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, it's Strategic Business Planning Company at sbplan.com. And uh, the email address would be info at sbplan.com. That's um, also uh, a similar site that's more focused on intellectual property is ipplan, as in intellectualpropertyplan.com. Fantastic. And Dr. Ed, how can others get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is through my company, Productivity Constructs. So that would be www.productivityconstructs.com. Outstanding. Well, I want to thank you both for joining us today. It's been very enlightening and not to mention hopeful. I would love to have certain things for the automation to be able to take over some of those things around my house and shoveling snow and cleaning the house and all kinds of automation that can take over 
routine tasks that we can finally use computers to do the things we really don't want to do, but to be able to do it smartly and sustainably and to keep the environment and socially responsible as well. So thank you both for joining us. We will look forward to uh, having you on the program again and to see what insights it may develop and new tips and tricks that you can offer our listeners. So thank you both for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, listeners, we want to be able to wrap up today's show. And here are some interesting things that we talked about today that I want you to hopefully have paid very close attention to. We're looking at the idea of new ways of looking at things that already exist. Remember, as a college professor, you've heard me say, my job is to simply to show students what's already there, but with fresh eyes, fresh fresh perspective, and a different way of going, hmm, as we talked a few episodes ago, we looked at the idea of the glass of water, right? There is the same amount of water in that glass, whether we look at it as half full or half empty. Same number of water. The question is, What are we going to do about it? And what is the future going to look like as a result of this? Because part of we're looking as where are we going to take things from here? If not us, then who? If not now, then when? We don't have time to wait. As Elmer was saying, we have many of the forests that are disappearing. And the question is when they're gone, they're gone. The idea is prevention so we don't lose them. But how many trees have been extinct? How many animals have already gone the way of the dodo, pun intended? Because they, we have expanded those resources from a capitalistic perspective and looked at the short term, the election, right? What does a politician always want? That next election. And instead, we're looking at long term thinking to make sure the world's going to be around for the next election. And the fact that we're going to be leaving the earth and the sustainability of the ozone and climate change and all of those kinds of things so that we look to the future, not just to the here and now for the next two years, the next four years, but decades from now when our children and grandchildren will look at what the world will look like, just say in two years, four years, 10 years, 20 years, another generation from now. And so as we bring this show to a close, I want to be able to look at the idea of How can we move the conversation forward? Each week we're looking at interesting topics, but I want you to take action. The point isn't just to go, gee, that was a really interesting show and it was really wonderful what Dr. Ed and Dr. Elmer were talking about. My question is, what are you going to do about it? We need to look at the idea of action, not apathy. I want you to be able to look at what you can do in your home today as Dr. Elmer was looking at, maybe this is the part where your employer needs to offer some telecommuting options for you. I know many employers will look at the opportunity of maybe just one day a week, uh, maybe a few hours, maybe it's job sharing, maybe it's moving the thermostat one down, maybe it's investing in solar technology. I know when I lived in Las Vegas, solar technology was everywhere because everyone thought it was a sustainable option when you're in the middle of the desert. Very few people think about that option when we are here in the Midwest, for example, because it gets cold. But guess what? In certain areas, the wind still blows, the sun still still shines. We'll get that right yet. And so I want you to think, pay close attention to all of the shows that you hear on the Voice America Network, is what are you going to do today? 
It's wonderful that we have you here. It's wonderful that you're engaging with us and sending us your questions. But I want to let you know that you can connect with us on Facebook. You can like our page. You can su- suggest a question for our next show. You can even read a free or win a free book. Uh, I have several, as we've talked about, the, the various uh, guests that have been on our show, the various books that we have, the Refractive Thinker series that went best-selling for our healthcare book on August 16th, November 1st. We're going to be bringing our nonprofit uh, edition that will be coming uh, to Amazon. So let me give you some ways to get in touch with us so you can continue the conversation and be part of engaging with us. We don't want this to be a one-way monologue. We want this to be a two-way exchange, a two-way engagement, and to give us that feedback so we know what you're interested in and how we can help you when you're going to take action going forward. We have our uh, addresses on Twitter, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. We have Facebook.com, Success Through Failure. We have our Facebook, just Dr.Cheryl.Lentz. Email drsherylentz at gmail.com. And just remember, if you weren't able to join us live, be sure never to miss a beat. And you can visit our Voice America page to listen to all of our previous shows, all recorded and all available on Voice America as well as iTunes. Isn't that amazing with all the technology that Ed was talking about today? We are accessibility in a variety of things, planes, trains, and automobiles. You can listen to us on your cell phone, your tablet, uh, from iTunes, from your computer, from Even I have Alexa in my home, and even she gets Voice America. So I want to make sure that you understand there's a variety of things, but it's got to be about action. I don't want people just standing on the sidelines, because if not you, then who? We need people to stand up and take the fight. Stand up and change your corner of the world. Stand up and make some noise at your employers to look at what are we doing that's helping to sustain our world, sustain our planet, sustain our business. When it becomes peer pressure, when it becomes the right thing to do because everybody's getting on board, it's simply an amazing opportunity like Uber and Airbnb and all of these other different models that we're looking at that are being very successful. So let's get the old models out of the way, right? Fail faster. Let's succeed sooner because we're in a continuous learning organization. Every day it's something new, something exciting to listen to all these wonderful programs we have on the Voice America Business Network. But I want you to pick one. Pick your passion. Pick your personality that mixes with what you want to be able to do to change the world. Because I know many of my students, we can't change the world and we can't always solve world hunger all by ourselves. But the power of one is amazing. And guess who we have available for you next week? None other uh, than Brian Judd with the Book Publishing Group. And the following week after that, Frank Shankowitz from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So I want to thank you so much for joining us and to come back each and every week to hear about all of the things that we have to offer so that you can learn how to get there faster, get it out of your system so you can be successful sooner. So let's make sure that you are learning to lead in the dance of failure. I'm your host, Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C., I'm Dr. Cheryl Lenz. See you next week. We look so forward to having you back in each and everywhere. But just make sure you're leading, not following. Have a good week. We'll see you next week at Thursday. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us this week for Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Dr. Cheryl Lentz invites you to listen again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time for you to find your success. We'll talk again next week.